let's talk about what we talked about on Wednesday night for a moment. Uh, turn with me to um, the book of John in the Transfiguration. It wasn't the book of John, it was Matthew. I'm sorry. Mark 9. But we read it in Matthew first. And it's in Matthew uh, chapter 17. And I, I want to read, let's, I, the reason I want to look at this is when I ask you who remembered what was said, and there was no remembrance of it, except for Tom. It's important that um, there be a remembrance of it then. Because we are in a time, if this is the year of the Spirit, then in order for the Spirit to dwell in you, there has to come this separation in you by the will of God. Amen? So that Flesh and blood is no longer your mindset, but the Spirit of God becomes your mindset. Who you are as a son becomes the mindset of the believer. I'll say this also this morning. Do you know that every apostle and every deacon in the Scripture, the New Testament, was baptized in the Holy Ghost? How about Moses? Was he baptized in the Holy Ghost? He came to dream and vision, didn't he? Yes. How about Noah? Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Understood the Spirit of God. And so, if I was to go to the, to the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter and begin to read about the men of faith, what made them faithful? It was the Spirit of God that made them faithful to the Word of God. It's awesome. Likewise, it's the Spirit of God in you that makes you faithful to Jesus Christ. So, it's important that we begin to allow the word that comes from heaven, let that word begin to change our mortal mind so that our mind becomes immortal or spiritual. And so let's look at what happens with these disciples. And after six days, Jesus took him, Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Now, I said on Wednesday night that they did not put on their hiking shoes and walk up a mountain uh, in order for this to take place. They allowed Jesus to put the word of God in them that caused them to come into a higher consciousness or a higher perception of all things. Because if Jesus is doing it, we're going to see today in the book of Colossians that this Jesus who we speak of He's not a man in the flesh. Never was, never has been. He is a man perceived of from heaven that comes to unlock or open the door for you to enter into the holiest of holies that you may abide in the throne room of God, throne room of God forever and ever. That's who this Jesus is. So he is sent of God. He has great purpose, and he's called the Word. Amen? That's, we know those things. So Jesus is, a, is taking Peter, James, and John, three of the disciples, and he's taking them into a, a, a higher level of consciousness that they might begin to perceive the Word of God from which it was given, from which it came. <clears throat> and it becomes awesome to them. And he was transfigured before them. 
and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. So, in the transfiguration then, was Jesus still a in the perception of a man, or was he changed? He was changed. The glory that he had in the beginning with the Father, in the Father, I should say, that glory was now made real to those three disciples. And in that perception, John, what did he look like? We just read it. He shone like the sun, and he became white as light. He was spirit. So on the Mount of Transfiguration, those three disciples now perceive Jesus as he is in heaven. This is going to become their perception of who he is in the eternities of God forever and ever. And we'll see it as we continue this morning. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, <laughs> this is where we all, this is where Peter speaks so uh, dramatically, and I hate to use that word, but it's true. He speaks so dramatically about who we are in, in the mind of flesh and blood. And that's why Peter is in the scripture. He's a teacher for all of us. And when we identify with Peter in flesh and blood, we should know exactly where our mindset is. It's in the earth. If you wish, I will make three tents here. The King James Version says three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, now, who's going to speak? God. Because Jesus, in the transfiguration, he's no longer a man in the earth. He has, been, he has become the Lord from heaven. He's back in that place that has been ordained from the beginning of the world. That's where he's at. And the disciples, being earthly-minded, haven't risen to the place where they can perceive it as it's being shown them. That's why a lot of times when the Word comes to us, it's given from that place. But our mind is not in a place where it can receive it as it's been given. And so we ponder and we, it, it confuses us and it taxes our minds and we, we seek for the interpretation of it. But we seek for the interpretation of it from where? From the earth. From the flesh. Yet it came from the mind of the Father in heaven. And he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Now, it overshadowed. I mean, so now here's the presence of the Lord literally overshadowing them or swallowing them up. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Let me ask you, did Jesus know who he was? Did he ever forget? Never. 
He never forgot. He knew who he was. Pastor Brian just finished some a topic on the I am. I would pray that you would all go listen to it and let it begin to identify the I am in you. Because when they came to take Jesus to crucify him, they came to the garden, right? Because Judas sold him out. They came to take him captive in the garden. They asked him, Are you Jesus, whom they call the Christ? And Jesus said, What? I am. And what happened to them when he said it? They, they fell backwards. They couldn't. They, all of a sudden, they knew that they were in the presence of the great I am. And it, and it, and they, and it bloomed backwards. And you know what? It didn't change them because all they could perceive was a man in the flesh. They could not make the transition in their minds that this Jesus was the God from heaven. Folks, we get trapped in those same premonitions of thought in this day. And yet, God is faithful to His Word, isn't He? For all of you, all of us. He is so faithful to His Word that He knows every time the Word is sent and every time that you hear it, He knows the ground in which it's being received in. And yet, it doesn't stop Him, John. Praise the Lord, right? It doesn't stop God. God knows that He is the I Am. God knows that He has power over all flesh. He knows that He has power over all spirit. And He knows that that word that He has sent will not fail. And so He plants it deep within. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Now listen to this. But Jesus came. Oh, now, oh. Is God now going to meet them? Now they're, they're in this horrific fear. Why are they in this fear? They perceived the whole thing in the wrong mind. How, how, how many can say that, yep, okay, God's got my number. Right? True. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Now listen, but, came, but Jesus came and touched them saying, Rise and have no fear. Rise and have no fear. I was in a dream not too long ago, and I'm not going to share the aspects of the dream with you except for this. In the dream, every form of wickedness that has ever worked in my generations was revealed. And I was like, and you know, really, rather than saying, Jesus, it's good that we be here. Right? It made me afraid. But in the end of the dream, Jesus came. And Jesus said, Fear not, for I have overcome all of it in you. Now that, I'm telling you, 
is the truth. And for all of you, it is the truth also. There is great need of Jesus making himself known to us. And just as it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that when Jesus comes on the scene, is he on the scene on the Mount of Transfiguration? So what else is present then, John? Yeah. The man of sin is being made known. And you are being given a great opportunity to do what? Turn to God. This is awesome. So, when Moses appeared before the flaming bush, when he stood before the flaming bush, God told him to do something. What was it? What does that mean? Humble yourself before the living God. But also, what about your mindset? Get out of it. And hear me. You get out of your mindset and you hear the living God. And you believe what I'm going to tell you. And God began to talk to Moses about what he was to do. Did Moses argue with God? Yes, he did. Did Peter, how many times did he, times did he, how many times did Peter argue with the Father? How many times did Peter argue in himself with the Word of God? Huh? Continuously. Peter was very, very, very religious. Hear me. Peter was very, very, very religious. Even after he received the Holy Ghost, God had to deal with him after the Jews' religion. And when the sheet came down from heaven and God said, Peter, take up and eat, what would Peter say? Not so. I don't eat anything unclean. How many times did God tell Peter to take up and eat? Three times. Three times God called him to repentance. In one dream, God's faithful. God's faithful in you. Always has been and forever will be. He's faithful. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now we can build a tabernacle to the living God. Let me ask you something. Does the Bible say that we are the tabernacle of the living God? Does it also say that we are the church of the living God? We are his body. It says all those things, yet how do we perceive that in and of ourselves? Do we perceive it in the flesh? Or do we perceive it as God said it from his throne? And we, in our mind, we perceive it in our flesh. We say, well, I've, I've got the word of God in my heart and... I just enjoy the Word of God. I'm going to tell you that we have all done it. We have all said those things. And yet, it's not true. It's not true. That Word that is sent from heaven is to change you into the great I Am. So when God told Moses or sent Moses to Israel to lead them out of Egypt, Moses said, well, who am I to say that I am? And what did, Or who sent me? And God, 
God said to Moses, you tell them, the I am that I am has sent you. So Isaiah in the sixth chapter of his book, the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, I'm just going to go read it. We use this scripture a lot because in this, in this, in the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah, what's happened in Isaiah's mind? Has he been transfigured? (laughs) This is awesome. I I saw also the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now Isaiah is in the same place that Jesus took Andrew, Peter. James and John. They're in the same place. They're there. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With, with two he covered his face, and with two wings he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And the one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. In, John, in the Revelation by John, John takes you into the fourth chapter where he, he enters into the, th- he's in the throne room of God. What's, what does he see there? Listen to this. And the four beasts, each had them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Wow. That's same, it's the same Jesus. So whether we're in the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah or we're in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, it's the same Jesus. It's the same heaven. It's the same throne. And so as as Isaiah saw it in chapter 6, John sees it in chapter 4. And they're not in chapters of books, let me tell you. We just have a testimony in the Word of God of what men saw. And it's written for our benefit. But what God wants is for what's written to become who you are in your mind and not a remembrance of what's written in a page of a book. He wants you to become the book. He wants you to become the story of God. He wants you to become the revelation of Jesus Christ to where you have the same testimony of being in the throne room of God and identifying it as it is given into the heart by the Holy Ghost. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Listen, when the voice of God speaks, it shakes heaven and it shakes earth. It shakes it in power. And when it begins to shake, that means the mind of your mind is being opened up. The hearing is being set in place. It's being ordained for you to be changed into the same image from glory to glory. It's not lying to you. It's not giving to you some mythical revelation. It's making life known to you by the Holy Ghost. That when you open up your mouth, you declare this Jesus. And this Jesus that you declare is not some figment of your imagination. It's by the Holy Ghost, it's spirit and truth. And all of a sudden, the world that God is going to send you into 
knows who's coming. And as you're being sent into that world that God is making known to you, they're going to be terrified in a good sense. Because the word of the Lord has come to save them. Wow. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, is it God's will that you see him as he is? And the answer, of course, is yes, it is. I know that in my mind. I even know that I know God wants me to become that. So what's my hindrance? That's what God's after. He is after the hindrance that works in you, that keeps you from entering into the holiest of holies. I remember Rick saying one time, being after sin is good, but being after the root of sin is what God's after. Otherwise, if we don't get to the root of sin, who was a liar from the beginning, if we don't get after him, what's going to happen to sin? It's always going to prevail. Always. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs off the altar. Ooh, just listen. You, this is what we try to do in the flesh. We try to take the coals off the altar being unclean. And every time we try to do it, what happens? You ever experienced it? I know you have. You just haven't thought about it. Yeah, you get burned. It hurts. And you let go of it. You lose it. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken off the, taken with the tongs off the altar, because it was hot. Right? It was hot. It was fire burning. It was the presence of God. The thing that sanctifies the temple of the living God day and night. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Now, listen, when we read it in the, in the book like this, it's one thing. But when we allow Jesus to transfigure our minds into the throne room where he becomes transfigured before us and we see it in the glory of who he is, where Jesus is now revealed in the mind and we see him as the light of eternal glory sitting on the throne of himself. When we allow it to Bring us into that level of consciousness. Oh my goodness. I have no sin. Jesus has taken away my sin. Satan has no power over me. Jesus has taken away my sin. My mindsets have changed. I'm different. All of a sudden we have a declaration of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am free. 
I am free from sin. I am free from death. I am free from the devil. Now my mouth is loosened and I say, Lord, send me. And God, God is faithful to His promise. And you will become the sent one of God. Who's the sent one? Jesus Christ. He's the sent one. Because now when you open up your mouth, you're not just going to spew garbly gook. You're not going to spew what you think the Bible says or spew something out of your own testimony. That's not what you're going to say. Now you have been prepared in the throne room of God with a mission, a will, that is of the Father. And you know who the Father is because you know who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus Christ has revealed the Father to you. And the Father has testified to you of who the Son is. Isn't that what we saw in Mark, or excuse me, Matthew, the 17th chapter that we just read? Jesus took them up. Peter opened up his mouth. Let's fill three tabernacles. And who showed up? God. Jesus revealed to them the Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, and his name is Jesus. This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him, and him only. That's awesome stuff. This is where the reality of serving God becomes the expression of everyone who believes. Can you say amen today? I hope so. For God is real. He's experiential. (laughs) And when you open up your mouth to speak, do you think people will hear you? They will hear. Listen to this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And God said, Go and tell this people. Hear ye. So, go and tell the people to do what? Here. So now here comes this word from heaven, ordained to the Father, and it's going to come into the earth, and it's going to declare, Hear. Hear this word. Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. What? What does it need? What does it need? It needs the Holy Ghost. It needs the anointing. If we cannot see Jesus, if we can only see ourselves, if we cannot see Jesus, and I mean Jesus glorified, I'm not talking about the man in flesh. I'm talking about Jesus the Christ, transfigured in glory, standing in the presence of the only true and wise God. We will not understand that word. It translates for us. We don't have to translate for it. Can you say amen to that? So now the work isn't ours. Who's the work? It becomes God's. God's work. I'm so thankful what God has ordained for us because every work of God in us is true. And it's the provision 
of our salvation so that no thought separates us from the will of God. Every thought ordained in Christ Jesus is the separator of that which is true and that which is the lie. And the will of God is that we all become the testimony of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen this morning? You know, these things, we could talk about experientially these things all day long. But the promise of the Father is that you become it so that we can share, have the fellowship one to another, the reality of the tabernacle that is one in Jesus Christ. So I hope this has helped you this morning. I hope that it has enlightened your mind to some things of God today and that you receive it in the grace in which it is given for you and that you begin to rejoice and enjoy the Lord and begin to sing His praises and and to declare His mighty name. For his name is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. God bless you today.